0: Ready, sir. Good evening, everyone. Glad to see everyone here. If you're using a songbook, our first song this evening will be number 553. 553. Um, Brian Ward has our reading and prayer. At the appropriate time, and then Blake has our closing prayer. Let's stand while we sing this song, and we'll sing all four verses. seated. Next song I number mean, is six hundred twenty-seven. Six hundred twenty-seven. Glory land way. We'll sing all three verses, all three verses of this song. <clears throat>
1: Scripture reading this evening comes from Acts chapter 26, verses 24 through 28. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus, with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom I also speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him for this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Would you bow with me, please? Father in heaven, we're thankful for this day, Father, and we thank thankful for this opportunity we have to, to come here this, this afternoon, Father, to hear another portion from your word. Father, we pray that you'd be with Dave as he presents the lesson to us, Father, and help us to apply it to our lives. Father, we're thankful for everything you do for us, Father. We're thankful for the opportunities we have in this life. We're thankful for the ability to partake of the Lord's Supper today, Father, to remember the, the death of Christ. And thank you for giving us that, that uh, symbol for us to follow for the rest of our lives. Father, we pray at this time you be with the, those on the prayer list. Father, be with them. Be with the doctors and nurses that are attending to them, Father. Help us to help them in any way that we can. Father, be with us the rest of this week. Help us to be the examples we need to be in our communities. And it's through Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.
0: <clears throat> song for the lesson uh, Dave will deliver to us is number 682. 682. If you want to mock your books, our song of invitation is 755-755. If it's convenient for you, we'll ask you to stand again. 682. To God be the glory. <clears throat> Both verses. To God be the glory, great things he hath done, so loved he.
2: Good evening, church family. When I look back at last year, I think about all of the almost. Almost, like I do every year, almost read the Bible all the way through. I'm probably not the only one who's made that commitment to read the Bible all the way through and, and keep doing it every year. Um, I've almost made the commitment to losing weight. That never seems to happen, too. I just always seem to, to gain weight instead of lose weight. But when you think about it, life is full of almost is isn't it this sunday i want to point out to you about all four writers in the gospel all four writers talk about how jesus was brought to the chief priest and the rulers and how Jesus stood trial before Pilate, the Roman governor. And all four gospel writers talk about the sentence that Jesus was going to face. Today I want to turn to the Gospel of Luke. turn your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. And I want us to consider carefully what is written here and view the scene as Pilate tries to release Jesus here. It's in Luke 23. Turn your Bibles to Luke 23, 13 through 24. When Pilate, sorry, then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, you have brought this man to me as one of who misleads people. And indeed, having examined him in your presence, I have found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod, for I sent him back to him. And indeed, nothing deserving of death has been done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. For it was necessary for him to release one of them at the feast. And they all cried out, all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release to us Barabbas, who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion made in the city and for murder. Pilate, therefore, wished, released. Jesus again called to them, but they shouted, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Then he said to him for a third time, Why? What evil has he done? I found no reason for death in him. I will therefore castize him and let him go. But they were insistent, demanding even with louder voices, that he be crucified. And the voices of these men and the chief priests prevailed. So Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they suggest, as they requested. A poet once wrote, of all the words of the tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been." How true is that? One of the most tragic words in human language is the word almost. Almost. Almost speaks about missed opportunities Missed chances. And I'm sure as long as the word exists, almost, it'll go down in our history books. I almost climbed the mountain. I almost reached the goal. I almost closed the deal. I almost got there on time. You know, we've all had those almost moments, haven't we? Every single one of us. But I suppose the infamous all in history would have to be Pilate here, wouldn't he? Because he almost... Almost released Jesus. I mean, he almost lowered the gavel and said, not guilty. He almost said, I dismiss all charges of this man. I see nothing wrong. He's innocent. He almost set him free. I mean, if you think about it, what a change that would have made in our perception of Pilate here if he set Jesus free. I mean, some of us may even call him Saint Pilate if he set him free, but he didn't. He could have very well could have. But that is his tragedy. He had the authority to do it. He had the signet ring that said that he could release him. All he had to do was speak the word and say, I set you free. And he didn't. But he almost. Verse 23 says But the loud shouts, they instantly demanded that he be crucified. And their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demands. He listened to their voices. I guess you could even say that he listened to the voices of evil, the voices of Satan. We've all heard those voices before ourselves, haven't we? Voices in our heads going, ah, come on, go ahead and do it. No one's watching. No one will know. Just a little bit won't hurt you. Satan beckons us into the path that we should not go. Pilate didn't have to listen to those voices. There was other voices Pilate could have listened to. He could have listened to his wife. Back in Matthew chapter 27, verse 19, it says, his wife says, don't have anything to do with this innocent man. For I've suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. He could have listened to her voice. He almost did. Second, he could have listened to his own voice. Pilate was no dummy. He knew what was going on. He knew that the chief priests were corrupt, he knew that they were greedy, he knew that they were lying about Jesus. He could have listened to his own voice. He could have listened to his own reason, his own common sense. He almost did, but he didn't. Pilate is not the only one who's played that game of almost. Some of us play that same game. Some of us say, preacher, you know what? I almost made that decision today. I almost took the invitation of Christ seriously. I almost said, here I am, Lord, use me. But the Bible very clearly teaches us that there is no almost with God. There is no almost with heaven. No almost place where we can go. It's either heaven. Or it's hell. And Pilate's tragedy can be our tragedy too. So when we open our Bibles and we read the story about Jesus. And we read the story about the crucifixion. Even though Pilate came so close on freeing Jesus, he didn't. But I want us to view the scene this evening as the soldiers are there. They're going about their regular task. And the soldiers are used to crucifying people. First thing they would do, they would lay down the cross on the ground and they would place Jesus on the cross and the two thieves. Then they would drive the sharp spikes through his hands and his feet. And then they would hoist the rough wooden cross into the air and drop them into the holes that were there from other crosses before. And they would probably drive some more stakes into the ground and ropes to steady the cross. And they were all done. Jesus was crucified. But you would think that the chief priests would be satisfied with that. But they weren't. There's something that angered them. A little sign above Jesus' head. I said, "King of the Jews." And once again, the chief priests they storm into the presence of Pilate. Because they're all angry and they're all frustrated about what this sign says. And they start arguing with Pilate. And you only wish that Pilate had been firm on his decision as he is here. Because they're demanding that sign to come down. Protesting it. And Pilate says, That's enough. What is written is written. And it stays. The sign says, Jesus, King of the Jews. So here's Jesus hanging on the cross between heaven and earth as blood. And tears are running down his face. And people are gathered around him. There's an unusual large crowd that day. Perhaps there was no Olympics going on or a football game or soccer game. So they decided to go watch a crucifixion instead. And they view this scene. And you can imagine it as you if you close your eyes, you just imagine their faces. As they're sitting there looking up at this cross of these three men. And you're looking around at these faces, looking to see if you see anybody that you recognize. Where was Peter? Surely Peter will be here. Peter will show up. Peter's not there. How about James? James would be here. He was devoted. How about Andrew? And the soldiers are gathered underneath the cross, just throwing dice, gambling for Jesus' robe. And as you picture it, every single time you see these soldiers, you see yourself. Because sometimes we are so close to the cross, but we are so far away. I mean, they're right there. Right there. Right next to the blood that's dripping off of Jesus onto the ground. I mean they could hear Jesus' cries and his pain. They could look up any time they wanted to and see Jesus dying there on that cross. But yet their mind was somewhere else. Rolling the dice. For his robe. But they do hear Jesus praying. And they say listen. They stop to listen to hear him pray. And he says father. Forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Forgive Pilate. Who found me innocent. But sentenced me to death. Anyway, Father, forgive the Christians at Rome Church of Christ because their sins nailed me to that cross as well. Yes, Father, forgive them all. I don't know if I could ever pray a prayer like that. Do you? I mean, sometimes we have a hard time just getting along with our neighbors. Sometimes we have a hard time just forgiving our spouse or our children or our brothers and sisters in Christ. But yet Jesus taught us to pray. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. gospel tells us that Jesus spoke seven times on the cross. Three times before the darkness came. Where he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And then he turns to the thief and he says, today you shall be with me in paradise. And then he looks at Mary, his mother, and John the apostle says woman behold your son and son behold your mother and then suddenly darkness covers the earth the wind starts to blow lightning and thunder starts rolling in the sky and the ground shakes And when the storm is at its height, Jesus cries out. And those who stood in the distance could barely hear his words. And some are saying, maybe he's calling for Elijah. Maybe Elijah's coming. But those who are closest to him knew what he said. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And at that moment in time, the sins of the world, your sins, my sins, caused God the Father to turn his face from his son. Then darkness left and three more words came out of his lips. I thirst. It's finished. And Father, into your hands I command my spirit. Then it's all over. Greatest victory had been won. Greatest victory had been won. On a hill that looked like a skull outside of Jerusalem. Everything, everything that God worked for, and planned was finally realized in a death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there's probably nothing more consistent about life than inconsistencies. You know, I've heard a saying that life is like a tossed salad. You stick your fork in it, and you never know what you're going to get. You've heard of life is like a roller coaster. It's full of ups and downs, twists and turns, and you really don't know what's going to happen next. But if there is one very strong message that comes to us from Calvary. It is that God was able to weave it all together. He's able to sit there and take our, every single one of our inconsistencies all our fragments, every piece of our life. And he weaves them together in this beautiful tapestry, just as he had planned. Not you. He planned it that way. And that's a message I want you to hear this evening. Because one day the sun is going to shine, the next day it's going to rain. Or it's going to snow. One day we sit there and think that everything's going our way. The next thing you know, the walls are crashing down beside us. One moment, we're young and healthy. Next. The doctor says, you know what? I've got some bad news to tell you. Yet Jesus is saying, you know what? It really doesn't matter. Because all you really have to do is commit yourself to me. Commit yourself to me, and I will show you righteousness. I will show you goodness. I will show you victory, not defeat. You'll find that despair is replaced with eternal hope. Because that is the message of Calvary. So in the light of all that, our prayer this evening ought to be, oh, God almighty, help us to never see that cross. Help us see it in a way that brings feeling into our hearts, that we puts a tear on our cheek. Don't let me just casually, casually look at it. Don't let me almost be moved by it. Don't let me turn away from it and go about my life as usual. You see, the ultimate tragedy. In every worship service, is this there are people who are almost ready to make that decision. There are people who are standing. On the edge saying, I surrender all. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do what he says. They almost do it. Others were just like the soldiers, casting dice. At Jesus' feet, so involved in what they're doing, maybe looking at Facebook, maybe playing a game, finding anything and everything to distract you, they never look up. They never let the message sink in. They're not willing to make that change in their life. They are so near, yet they are so far. So this evening, once again, we offer an invitation. An invitation of Jesus And I pray if you are almost there, that you will make that decision. That you'll look and that you'll listen and you'll make that decision this evening. It's an invitation of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He doesn't want you to say no, He wants you to say yes to Him. To be a child of his. Don't say almost. Make that decision. Make it a yes. Commit yourself to Christ. Why won't you do that? Commit yourself to Christ right now as we stand and sing.
0: Amen. Amen. Standing, if you will
3: good afternoon thanks Dave it's been a good day good to see the sun shining uh, just a few reminders on our announcements for our youth uh, next Sunday there'll be a Devo following our afternoon services and that's for all middle and high schoolers Also, if you're able to help uh, provide snacks for our youth that will be traveling to CYC at the end of the month, there's a uh, sign-up sheet on the bulletin board out in the foyer. You can sign Mm -hmm. up for that. Also, for those of you wanting to bring Valentine cards for our uh, college-age kids, uh, if you could do that by Wednesday night and drop those in the box out in the foyer, uh, those will be mailed out on Thursday. Uh, Just a reminder on our prayer list, continue to pray for Kristen and her family, Marvin Jordan, uh, Sue, Power, uh, Sue Powell for upcoming surgery. Nash Walker, uh, continue to keep all those dealing with COVID in our prayers, as well as Chris and his family as they're away from us in Tennessee, uh, attending the lectureships at Fried Hardeman. That's all the announcements I have. Just a reminder to pick up a bulletin on your way out with all of our upcoming events, as well as uh, those that need to be prayed for. Especially keep in mind our shut-ins uh, as well at this time of the year, especially. Uh, If you haven't had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, you can do so during the singing of our last song. We'll be in the conference room, and we'll have one more song and be dismissed in uh, prayer by Blake.
0: Sing one verse of number 824. 824, I'll fly away. Some glad morning when this life is over.
3: pray dear God we thank you for this day and everything you've given us and thank you for my dad for giving us a lesson and help us apply it to our lives and help us leave here safely and get home and go to work and school tomorrow and help us show your light and let everyone know that we are Christians and what we do and please be with all the shut-ins and everyone on our prayer list and thank you for all the blessing you've given us and Thank you for Jesus on the cross to forgive us of our sins. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.